Professor Brian Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. So, yeah, I was saying that the stipend helps you to stay focused. So you focus on the work. Mm, not because you're not, you're not, yeah, you're not worrying about, about other things. Mm. So by the time I finished my thesis and how I was putting together the paper, I still had uh, one or two months or three months left mm. on my studentship. Mm. Um, and so... Did you I require mean, to get a paper in your, for your thesis, though? At that, at that point, school. no, oh, okay. no, it wasn't a requirement at the university. But then these rules changed a little later mm-hmm. after I was I was done with my masters. Now I think these days it's a it's a requirement. Um, so yeah, so I I was I was writing this paper. Mm-hmm. Of course, the, now we are thinking about what next. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about okay, I mean, I'm done. I no longer have the project in my hands. The thesis is out. It's going to graduate school. I'm writing this paper. I have a couple of months left. What am I going to do? So initially I was thinking, ah, maybe I should just start finding PhD opportunities mm-hmm. and just keep the ball rolling. You, you were hooked on research. I was hooked. At this stage I was like, I may as well just do it. Mm-hmm. Now that I started, yeah. I may as well stay the course and go all the way. And of course I had this ambitious goal. I wanted to have my PhD done and dusted by the time I was 30. You had a timeline when it came to age. Yes, this is, this is the only one thing that I've ever had a timeline on mm. that, was, that was measured in terms of age. <laughs> it's yeah. the only thing. <laughs> I, I, I was sure I wanted it by the time I'm 30. Mm. By the time I'm 30, I, I said I had it marked and I, I talked about it with my mentor. It was always very clear that I wanted that. So I was like, okay, maybe I should start now, you know. So why was the school really helping you on that? Because... Uh the dragging thing See, exactly so the, dra- the dragging thing dragged it dragged it dragged and brought its grandchildren and dragged uh, <laughs> at this point, meanwhile yes you 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 got into school did your first second semester so this is this is still under a, a month a year you still like my 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 project took one and a half years Plus the semesters that you did, right? For coursework. This yeah. is research was one and a half. Coursework was one year. So I was already one and a half years in. Two, two and a half years. Two and a half years, yes, in all. Plus yeah. plus the coursework, right? And it was already done. two and a half years. And yes, and I was done. With your thesis. So, With the thesis. And you've submitted. And I've sent it to graduate school. Uh-huh. So yes, in two and a half game. years. So now the waiting game. I, I, I mean, let's say those guys, it took... Actually, it took eight months before the university could write me a letter and say, we've received your thesis in graduate school. Uh, that was like eight months later. Anyway, there was a lot that happened in those eight months. I wasn't just sitting waiting for Yeah, yeah, for yeah, yeah. But imagine you finished your... <laughs> <laughs> eight months down the road. I got a letter. I think I'm getting some trauma things here. <laughs> so if we're already at two and a half, do the math. Mm. Plus eight, we're almost at... Three plus, right? Mm. That's when they said they've received it and now it's been sent to the examiners. Mm. Anyway, so so anyway, the thesis is out there and the process is happening as it as it always does. Mm. Um I'm thinking should I start applying for a PhD? But then how do you even start applying for a PhD before even your thesis is acknowledged? Mm. at the university and you keep checking oh did they receive no they still haven't sent a letter they still haven't sent an acknowledgement you know you know the usual yeah? yeah if you're a student who's done your graduate studies in the kenyan system you understand how these things go i understand i'm going through that right now so i understand it very well <laughs> Pauline. <laughs> it ends in the end it ends. you'll get you'll get there it ends yeah. I, I wish it was better i wish we could improve the processes and the systems and 
yeah but that's i think that's it means a prayer yeah it's a whole i don't know that's a whole conference <laughs> in a different country <laughs> in a five star hotel PowerPoint presentation <laughs> and greetings where we start with all protocols observed. <laughs> ah, it's funny that you are laughing about it though. What could we simply do? We just yeah. laugh. Yeah. laugh, you know. But we hope that if somebody listens to this, mm. <laughs> they see the humor, but they also see the you know the importance of what we are trying to say. And, yeah. Mm, and. Uh, how it takes a toll on graduate students and you know drags them mm. unnecessarily through you know lots of stressful things just to to get their certificates and especially after they've met all the requirements that mm. you know, the institutions want them to meet anyway so back to this place where now this is gone we're waiting for acknowledgements and whatnot and i'm writing this paper writing the first publication was a steep learning curve but again, I was in very good hands. Answers were great, and so I learned what I needed to learn, and the process was was good and successful in the end. Mm. So while at it, I'm thinking, do I apply? Remember, I have this timeline at the back of my head, but also I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to get this masters for sure. So even if I start applying for doctorates now, people are just going to look at my CV and tell me to wait. I mean, mm. they're gonna look at my emails and tell me to wait. Okay, well, please get back to us when you get your papers. Mm. And, st- and stuff like that I was mm. like oh, maybe maybe not maybe they'll even ask whether I have a publication I don't mm. so I may as well focus on what's at hand mm. so while at it uh, it happened that uh, my then boss had a, had uh, colleagues so these colleagues were based in the US or do, do I call them colleagues or research partners they'd, mm. they'd worked on other things together in the past mm. well, they were collaborators from the past and uh, these guys were coming to so they'd written a proposal, they'd gotten funding, and they wanted to come and do some research project here in Kenya. Mm. And so it happened that they were working on a project where they were looking to understand how malaria infection changes how people smell. Mm. <laughs> I know. Should I, should I take that? How? Do another take? <laughs> yeah. What did you just how, say? how infections in malaria change the way people smell, and why was this important? They were looking to develop a novel diagnostic uh, diagnostic tool that was not based on blood oh. testing, a non invasive diagnostic tool that was based cool. on very cool. Oh my god! Yes, they were looking to 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 develop something like a sensor of some type to be able to detect malaria. Oh my god. Do you know but I have to do a that, thing, I have mm-hmm. a thing for diagnostics. This is the only reason I I was I got into research. I was I, I have a thing for diagnostics honestly, especially when it's cool. That it's non-invasive, it's better. Yes. Yes, it's non-invasive, it's better. It's, you know. So, this is why they needed to understand how people smell. Mm. In fact, the, the the project itself was called the scent of malaria. Mm-hmm. But to do that you needed to be able to understand the you know the order profile mm. of a human being that is healthy mm. one that is infected with malaria and showing symptoms because these are different stages and one that is infected with malaria but is not is not showing symptoms these are their symptomatics mm. i mean because disease states uh, shape your body order in different ways mm-hmm. depending on on you know on where you are in terms of the spectra for the disease so to be able to do that, they needed to do chemical analysis of human body odor and also test people for malaria, do a lot of molecular biology, mm. uh, PCRs and whatnot. Mm. But the, the, the biggest chunk of the work was to collect body odor and analyze the body odor. And remember, mm. my skill set was in analytical techniques, gas mm. chromatography, mass spectrometry, working with non-polar stuff and looking at volatile compounds. So we are back to human. Humans. So... We've come to humans. We've circled. We've come to humans. Yeah. And they are looking for someone with a skill set that I, yeah. I already have. Remember that conversation about what you need are the skills? Mm. 
now it comes home right yeah yes so so my boss who, who, because he was going to be part of this project so he said to me oh by the way there are people who are coming to do a certain project he didn't give me the details but he said they're looking for somebody who can do volatile work and you've done volatile work and you now have this gap period before you get your thesis and before you figure out what you're going to do next mm. and you think you would want to talk to them and hear what they have to to say i mean what they are looking for and what they want to do mm. I, I mean, it was just, it was a very informal conversation. I think we had this conversation on a corridor somewhere when mm-hmm. we met each other and just bumped into each other. So he said it as a by the way. He said, oh, by the way, they are sitting in the cafeteria. They're having their coffee now. I'll be talking to them a little later, have meetings with them. But you can just pass by the cafeteria and say hi and say I sent you and hear what they have to say. And if it's something you might be interested, then we can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's as much hand-holding as there was. <laughs> wow. So you have to. So I, I was headed. Things. Yeah, yeah. I was headed to the lab. In fact, I was carrying my lab notebooks. So I just made a turn around. <laughs> I walked down the stairs mm-hmm. to the cafeteria. Like you just didn't like think about it. You're like I didn't. I, I didn't think it. I'm going for it. I'm no, already interested. I, no, I was thinking about it on my way. Uh, <laughs> I was. I was. I was like, but why not? Why not? I mean, uh, come on. What's the harm in this? Just talk to them. So anyway, I showed up at the cafeteria. I looked for two people who are having coffee. I'd been given the description. So I said, hi, are you so-and-so? And are you so-and-so? Okay, my name is so-and-so. I've been sent by so-and-so. Pause. <laughs> yes. The confidence. The confidence. Where does this come from? Like, the confidence of just approaching. Because these are potential employers, right? These are potential employers, yes. And you just met them out of nowhere. And you're telling them, I have been told this and this and this. Are you this and this? I've been told this and this and this is where I am and all that. Like, where does that come from? Um, that is a hard question for me to answer. Uh, maybe it's from my upbringing. Yeah. Remember how I said, before. yes, remember how I said um, I grew up, my mother is very democratic. From a very early age, she allowed me to, particip- to participate in the process of <laughs> homemaking <laughs> and, you know uh, I would contribute to decisions at home mm. she would give me the, the space to say oh I think that's a good idea or oh, maybe we can do this or oh, maybe we can do that I mean and so I mean this is the foundation that was built then and uh, so advocating for myself was not very hard for me I think this again now is a personality thing yeah it's interesting because I tell people I'm um, 60% introverted and 40% extroverted. Mm-hmm. And people don't believe it. <laughs> I've had this discussion, I think, se- several now on this podcast. The, the, I don't know, I've moved the belief that being introverted doesn't necessarily mean that you don't talk to people or you don't confident or you can't... It just means that you get your energy more from from exactly from, from your own reflection like, and yourself and yeah, time you, out yeah but that doesn't mean that you don't talk to people you don't socialize and all that it's just that when you need to just rejuvenate and all that you just need time on your own and you won't feel weird about it but for an extrovert they would if they gravitate really towards to people yeah they, yeah, they want to get it from. They go to a party. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and an introvert wants to go home and do nothing or just be on their own somewhere, like and cuddle with a book. In yes. A corner. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that doesn't mean mm. they are shy or they can't talk to people or they don't like people. It's just they're introverted. That's all. But this is how they are viewed, right? Yeah. 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 This is how they are viewed. I mean, also because when I'm in a room, sometimes I can you know, be the fly on the wall and I don't say a thing. And mm. But also in spaces where I feel very comfortable, then e- I... Exactly, exactly. Cause I let know, my hair extro- down. Yeah, extroverts, it's easier to come to a new space and just, you know, just go with it. It's not mm. like introverts can do, can't do do that. It's just that they are more... They, they take their time. Yeah. Most of the time, they take their It's time. a calculated effort. Yes, they take their time and understand the audience. They understand who's this, you know, okay, what's yeah. going on, uh-huh, who's mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like, they take the time to, before they utter words, unless they really have to, like, there's a mm-hmm. situation where they really have to talk to these people they don't know, but mm-hmm. if it's their choice, they'll just have to take the time and, you know, find, and I, I, 
most people are actually introverts. <laughs> Yeah, it's I think so. It's just that most people that don't want to associate with that word introvert. Yeah, they don't want to say it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, mm. so me being me, I guess it was also easy because, I mean, this is a research institute where I've already been the last couple of three years. It's the mm. cafeteria. I know people there. It's comfortable. Mm. I mean, it was not until I sat at the table and then I was like, oh, my God. This guy, is, <laughs> this guy these guys are going to hire me. Oh, my God. This is a potential interview. Oh, my God. <laughs> After you've said hi, like you can't run away. No, I can't run. I'm there and they're looking at me like, oh, hi. Uh-huh. Grab a seat. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, God, what have I done? Mm. <laughs> but, and then, of course, the nerves kick in. Mm. But then I'm like, I'm already here. I'm halfway in. I mean, I swim or I swim. I mean, I swim or I die. So I just have to stay the course yeah. and finish. Mm. So we had a conversation. We spoke about the project. So they told me all about it. Mm. I thought, now that's when I learned what they wanted to do. And I was like, that's so cool. Mm. That's so cool. Mm. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm all for it. In mm. fact, I told them, you know, my thesis is at the university. Mm. It needs to be read by the examiners. And I've been given uh, feedback and I get it together. I'm writing a paper, but I am open. I am very open <laughs> to take the next gig. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they, so they said, oh, okay, then uh, we are going to meet your boss later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Then I guess we can, we are going to have a lab tour. Then I guess we can do the lab tour together and we can talk a little bit more about it. And I said, okay, see you in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So, afternoon came i mean this time i was talking to them was around 11 they were having their morning coffee or something like this um so afternoon came and we were having the lab tour so after we were done with the lab tour they said oh by the way did we tell you this project is not in nairobi what yeah where was it (laughs) on the shores of lake victoria oh kisumu actually no next to rusinga island homabe county Beta point. Just down the street from Rusinga Island. Mm-hmm. That's the so you get to the mainland and then you get to the island. So in the beta point is the mainland. So that's where the project was going to be based. Okay. Uh-huh. And you've never been then to that side I, before. I was shocked. I'm like, what? So they said, No, 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 don't worry. Uh don't worry. Because mm-hmm. um what we need is, so they were going to recruit a postdoc. Remember the time I I was looking forward to getting my master's? Yeah. So they needed to recruit a postdoc mm. um, for that project and I was supposed to be the assistant of the postdoc. Mm. So they were like, yeah, you're just going to go there early to set the systems in place as we wait for this person to come uh, and so on and so forth. Well, already you, hired. You know, they already had the guy, the person. They were now at that stage I didn't know so they, they were this person was going to join later. So mm. I was supposed to do, you know, the groundwork and mm. as I'm waiting for him. So they explained it to me nicely and I was like in bitter point. Mm. Remember, I live in my parents' house. Mm-hmm. Never lived by myself. Mm-hmm. I haven't left home up until this stage. Yeah, because even in university you're still Yes, I was at living home. at home. Yes. Wow, and there are you 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 know nearly finishing your masters and you're still I'm still at home. And, and now and, and, you have to move mm-hmm. to Kisumu. I have to Island. move to Kisumu. And, and, and actually, I'm staying at home and I'm nearly finishing my master's. And I have friends who are talking in my ear like, eh, you kind of have grown uh, living in your parents, under your parents, in the nest. Yeah. You, you have to get out of the nest. But then mm. my circumstances were such that I couldn't get out of the nest because yeah. my stipend wasn't enough to enable me to... Move. get out of the nest and live comfortably and do all of that and mm. I mean as you're growing up because you also want to keep up with the with the jockeys and the jerrys mm. of this world mm. um, you kind of feel like Ay, maybe I'm falling back hey, maybe people are getting ahead mm. and I'm not making these milestones that other people have made and it made me feel a certain type of way how old were but you with them? how old was I? I think I was 26 Okay. yeah um, I was 26, going to turn 27. Mm. So there's that. Yeah? Mm. And so, oh, uh, you can still be living in the nest. You need to get out of the nest. But of course, you understand your own special circumstances and you live your life according to your means. Mm. Right? And yeah. you make, you make the, pos- the best possible choices you could um, give 
what it is that is available to you so mm. i chose to stay at home and just focus and keep going anyway so i have this opportunity now to go and live in uh, western kenya by myself mm-hmm. and i needed to make that decision fast so we had this conversation i think on a monday and by wednesday i was supposed to have decided if i'm going with them because then we were going to travel together so i didn't have much time to ruminate and go like eh, maybe maybe not yeah so i thought it was a cool project so i just went home packed a bag and got ready for wednesday oh yeah and i told my mom i was potentially looking at something good mm. and i needed to to accompany them for two weeks to go and just you know do the groundwork mm. and figure things out and I, i was traveling with these people who would potentially be my 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 bosses and mm. my pi's and my supervisors and whatnot mm. and I, yeah and and that's that so i packed a bag and i left mm. um i ended up in bitter point i was supposed to stay two weeks i stayed for a month Mm-hmm. And in the space of that one month, it was you know, I decided I'm taking up the project, and you know, the paperwork was ongoing. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. So I did return, and then now you know, to to now move move officially, and you know, go set myself up. Yeah. Which I did. Uh huh. Um, and then so. In that process, so that was, I guess that was 2013. Um, so 2014, then my thesis was received and the examination process and whatnot. And then I got my master's degree finally after four years. Okay. That was a long, was a long journey. So by uh, then, mm-hmm. so at this point, you're an assistant to a postdoc. Yes, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an assistant research. What do you call them? I was a research assistant. Oh, okay. So yes. then you finally get your Wow, can you hear that? Yeah, but it's not it's not too bad. Oh man. <laughs> Consider it background music. Hmm? Oh man, no. <laughs> to break the monotony in our long and winding story. Yeah, these are some of the challenges of content creation, eh? <laughs> Man, I wonder this. How Polesana. Can you still hear it? No, not anymore. But you can hear me? Yes, I can hear loud and clear. Okay, let's survive with that. I'm actually eating the mic. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Oh. Um, okay. as long as the, that sound is not there, I am happy. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah so now i come back to arrange myself to go now officially move yeah. and i'm a research assistant yeah so this is uh after four years of no 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 mm-hmm. no so this is still my studentship hasn't ended completely so my studentship was ending sometimes in july this is like mm-hmm. june mm-hmm. so now i'm making this transition because anyway my studentship ends next month and i yeah. already have this position yeah. and i need to transition So I transition my my master's project I mean master's thesis is still out there at large. Mm, mm, mm. It was I mean I think I got feedback at the end of 2013. Mm-hmm. I think November or December is when I, it was received in August and then now we started going through the examination process and whatnot. Mm. And all the back and forth that happens. By then I'd already taken up this position and I was working. Mm. And interesting story um so this postdoc um changed their mind. Mhm. and they decided they didn't want to take up the project. Mm-hmm. But by this stage the project had made so much, you know, progress that we just everything was running so we just thought let This us is just six months later. Yes, like we you know the After groundwork the had been done. Yeah. Now into the project. The groundwork yeah. is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the systems have been established. We already have a rhythm of how data collection is going to happen and all of yeah. those things and then this person decides they don't want to come. Mm-hmm. And so these guys were like, "You know what? You've already figured this thing out." Yeah. So, let's keep up with this process. Mm-hmm. So, become so the postdoc like, stroke. I be, no, I become I, I become an assistant to myself. <laughs> yeah, I become an assistant if there was me and then there was myself assisting myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I stayed. So, we continue to work right? on this project. Uh 
yes, because I moved from being a research assistant to a senior research assistant. Oh, okay. It was a small transition, but I mean, I was happy with it. I think the thing that excited me the most even was just the exposure and the experience Can that I was that? getting. Not at all. Okay, so, sorry, you, you had, you're moving from as, um, assistant to a... To a senior research assistant. Yes. And now, um, so the, the project is going great, everything is fine, still planning curve, I'm learning a lot of skills, I'm learning how to manage people, how to manage a project, it's the first time I'm managing a project of that magnitude, mm-hmm. everything was great. Yeah. going well. I liked, I'd acclimatized to living on the lecture. Mm-hmm. Everything was good. All yeah. systems up and running. Mm-hmm. And now my thesis on that other end has been received. I've gotten an acknowledgement. It's sometimes in August of 2013, I think. Um, no, not August of 2013. The end of 2013. It was November. I can't remember. But now it's gone into the examination process. And you know how they say it takes eight weeks to have your thesis examined and what and for them to revert with the comments and all of that so i'm going through the process now it's 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, then um, my paper is published and all of those things now i'm beginning to think so i'm in this job position but now my my, my master's is you know getting it's coming closer and closer i'm going to get it and i'm thinking am i staying in the job am i starting to apply for phds mm-hmm. because remember i still had this goal at the back of my mind yeah yeah, so finally in July, I graduate my master's. Mm-hmm. So I'm already, I've already spent a year in this other project mm. while waiting to get my master's. Yeah. So I graduate in July, I get my master's, and then now I start asking myself questions. Will I keep working? I love this project. I want to see it through, but also I want to, I want growth and I want it fast. And now I'm in between. So I started having these conversations with my, with my then bosses. So now I have three bosses. I have my old supervisor, my, you know, my, the one who supervised me for my master's. Mm-hmm. He's still my boss oh, because uh-huh. he's a, a co-PI in this project. Uh-huh. And then the, there's the PI of the project and another PI. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm still, you know, um, how, how will I say it? Um, I'm still answerable to all the three of them. Yeah. And so I start having these conversations about how about a potential master's, I mean, a potential PhD. Mm. Um, they're like, well, um, that's perfectly fine. And because my then, so the, 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 the main PIs of the project were based in the US and a year later they moved and moved on to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And they just got in, um, into uh, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology, ETH, mm-hmm. in Zurich. It's excellent uh, research center, uh, university, mm-hmm. state-of-the-art facilities, uh, top, I think top two in Europe, or was top two in Europe at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, maybe perhaps I can pursue a PhD with you guys over there, something like that. And all of my supervisors were, were all for it. They were like, we could, because now the project is one year gone and we still had, I think, another year to go. At least on paper, it was two years. Okay. They were like, we could start you on the process of starting to apply. Uh, maybe write a proposal, write a grant, try and get a grant, and then you can come, and we'd be happy to supervise you for a PhD mm. and all of that stuff. So we started talking about that, and we found a program that was um, happening at their university. Mm-hmm. And then they suggested that I make an application into it, and they would support my application. Mm. So I started in the process of developing this uh, proposal. So I uh, started writing the concept note. We I got into the first round. I was actually selected in the first wow. round. And uh, they asked me to develop a full proposal. This is now in Switzerland. It's in Switzerland. I'm still working. I'm still on the lake uh, uh, yeah. show. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. The project is still ongoing. So I get selected. I'm so excited. We start working on the proposal. I spend um, I spend uh, a substantial amount of time uh, doing the proposal with the help of my with the three of them. Mm. We put together something really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, then we um, we then we finally put it together and then we submit it. 
So I'm really excited. ETH is a good is a good school. I have excellent supervisors. I have prospects for when my current job position ends that I can just transition. Mm. At that stage, it was very exciting. That was 2014. Mm. What, is, what is your mom saying at this point? All for it, encouraging me all the way. You, you applied for a PhD. And you yes, with this. No, no, no. Now, uh, the proposals come back. So the, oh. I, so you, you write the, the, the grant concept and then you send it to so it goes to five independent reviewers in different institutions mm. you don't, i mean they are non, they're anonymous so you don't know so then these people write to the university and, and talk about uh, the feasibility of the project and, and you know your credentials as a potential phd candidate mm. and they give a recommendation whether you should be awarded the grant or not mm. and then the university they have an internal uh, selection committee and then they make the final decision that was the process mm. so anyway so i get this um First of all, I get an update that uh, the external reviewers had reviewed the grant proposal and four out of five said, you know, give this person the money to do the work. Yeah. That's very exciting. And then now I was waiting for the university, the internal selection committee to uh, to do the selection and to give me the final word. Mm. And you wouldn't believe it that when the outcome finally got to me, so in as much as this uh, external reviewers had recommended that I get the opportunity, mm-hmm. the um, university selection committee felt I was not qualified. Do I use qualified? Good enough? I don't know what word to use, but I yes, it was what? a no from them, and okay. they explained this. They, they put it this way um, while I had you know the solid uh, educational background and work experience and I published and all of that mm. um, they were not really confident with where I got my master's degree from and so they were not really sure about my mm. capacity to do research something wow. in those lines amazing wow Yes. That must be painful. <laughs> that was another low. Remember how you said you wanted me to talk about the highs and the lows? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, things were going well. Things were going well at, until this point, until, right? Until this yeah. point. Yes. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. But there was there was a but to it. Okay. So in as much as they were not going to give me the grant to do the mm. PhD, they said, you know, for us to be able to hone your skills, to be able to do research our way, mm. uh, you can, we will find you, you know, rather they offered me a scholarship to pursue a master's of my choice mm-hmm. at the institution and then I would transition again and try and apply for the grant at a later point Okay. while I'm in there. Okay. Remember, I'd spent four years doing a master's doing a master's degree. I'd already spent one year working. I was in my second year. And, and now they were asking me to come in and do another two-year master's degree course mm. so that I can transition to a doctorate. Of which you're not sure if you applied again if you... It was not guaranteed. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so... And, and you had this plan yeah, for getting your PhD before 30? Yes, uh, yes, and, and yes, that's that's the the timelines we are looking at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do? Uh, so uh, they, they were kind enough to give me three months to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Because I also think they understood the magnitude of, you know, what they just put across yeah. to me. Yeah. And so they gave me three months to think about it and to get back to them. Mm. I did ruminate a lot. I I it was a very low moment for me. I mm. I went through the motions. Mm-hmm. I couldn't come to a decision. Mm. Remember this is a world class research uh, center. Yeah. I'm working with top notch people. Mm. Um, lots of people are trying to get into places where those they are not. Yeah. And I have this opportunity, but then it's not packaged the way I thought or how I hoped it would be. Yeah. And now I have to make this decision. Mm-hmm. 
but there was a lot of um, tug of war in my in my heart and in my head. Yeah. And remember, I sometimes I mean I use my my head and my heart equally when it yeah, comes yeah, to yeah. decision making. So, in the end, I just and my mentor then my master's mentor mm. was very instrumental because we talked about it a lot and he just helped me arrive at a decision and just do it and move on. Okay. He he was like, you cannot be in analysis paralysis for the rest of your life. Yeah. Trying to figure this thing out. Your life has to go on. You have yeah. to make a decision and stick with it and run and continue. Yeah. yeah. And so I did make a decision and mm-hmm. uh, I declined the offer. Okay. I I want to hear. I I, f- <laughs> I, f- I feel like I feel like your mom is is instrumental, very instrumental in this science story. Yes. Because she played a huge role. Apart from her being a mother and supporting you, she was like in, in playing a a vibrant role when it came to you making decisions like you know being that friend who you go to and you know talk about what's going on and with your career and you know she she understands the intricacies and all that Mm. what did she think about before you made that decision actually um it's interesting because when i went to register to do my gres because i needed to do gres to go there yeah she actually went with me to the registration center wow and, and when you're a big we were girl at this there, moment, right? I'm a big, I'm a big grown ass girl. Yeah. Forgive my language. It's okay. You know, <laughs> like, like grown, grown, adulting kind of woman. Yeah. You know, but I mean, I, I think I didn't have anybody else to drag along. Yeah. Not I didn't have anybody else. I have. She was. I couldn't have taken anybody along except her. Yeah, because I mean, this was important. This was life changing. This was this was not we were not going shopping. We were trying to make a life decision. Yeah, and so I needed her every step of the way. Mm. And while I remember, while we were going to register for uh, this GRE exams and whatnot, mm. I remember saying to her, "There's I have so much like tug of war in my heart. I mm. don't know." I'm not sure this is what I want to do. I feel like I'm forcing my way into this place and it just doesn't feel natural. Mm. And I'm just, and I was very afraid. For some mm. reason, I was very fearful. I, I can't explain those emotions up until now. But I was just, my heart was not sitting the right way mm-hmm. in this particular situation. And I, I remember I said as much to her and she said, you know what I've always told you? Mm. If your heart is not in it, don't do it. But the decision is, on you. So you making a decision to decline. What fueled that? Like, what were your main reasons? Like, main, main, main reasons. I, at first, you know, at first there's of course the pain that comes with the rejection. Yeah. But also in my heart of hearts, I was like, what are these people really saying about me? And. Mm. What's what's the narrative that has been presented to me and how do I want to interact with this narrative? Yeah. I'm not good enough. I don't mm. know about that. Because mm. I felt like I'd I'd beat a lot of milestones, I'd mm. contributed scientifically in the in the way that I'd had, I'd been exposed to some of the best people and mm. I was in one of the best institutions with the best facilities. Mm. And I had that at the back of my head and I was like do, should I believe these people that I still don't have the skills required to do research? The skills required to do research. Do I really? Remember, this was a competitive process. Mm. It was an international process. I believe they had applicants from other places. Mm. I believe they did see my credentials in the first round. Yeah. And now this happened. Yeah. So, um, I, I thought I thought long and hard about it, and I was like, oh, "What what what story do I want to tell myself mm. about myself? Yeah, and what am I willing to believe um, about all of this?" Mm-hmm. So it it was many things put together. It was um, 
you know, thinking about those things and looking into my heart and asking myself, how do I feel? Mm. And then going into my head and asking myself, what do I think? And then talking and bouncing off this thing with other people. Mm. And I just couldn't convince myself that it was the decision that I wanted to make. But I was also fearful that I was making a mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was maybe letting go of a chance that, you know, I mean, there's one person I spoke to and they said, do you know how many people want to go there and you want to decline? Mm-hmm. So, there's a thing, there's a thing, there's a thing where, and it, it, it has come off um, a couple of times in this um, story mm-hmm. where uh, when you let go of something, there, mm-hmm. there's a voice from certain people mm-hmm. who come mm-hmm. from a good place. Yes, but, absolutely. But they, they don't, they don't, they might not see the gratitude of what they're saying. Um, mm. You, you, you have a chance. People here out str- are struggling to get to where you are, to yes. have what you have, and you're here deciding to let it go. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it makes you think. You know, for a little bit, and you know, like maybe they're right. Yeah. Maybe they're right, and maybe I'm being naive. Maybe mm. I'm being emotional. Yeah, yeah. But in the end, the decision that won mm. was guided by how I felt. Do you feel that you rejecting that offer uh, was sending a message that? I don't know what, what what message was it was it sending to the other side according to you. What do you I think if what, what what message do you think would have been sent if you accepted that offer, reject like accepted to have been rejected to a position you deserved and worked for uh, because you come from this country. Because I feel like that's technically what they're saying because. Your education is in Kenya, right? Your master's degree is in Kenya. Yeah, but the bone of contention was that the university where I got my master's degree was not internationally recognized. Now, I don't know Uh, what that means. Yeah, so... So... (laughs) (laughs) Talk about that, though. What what message does it send? I, I I think by declining, I was not really thinking about the message I will send to them because with yeah. one with one uh student declining there are still yeah. Yeah. hundreds who still want yeah. to go there so I, I, yeah. I think I let I created an opportunity for somebody else mm. but it was more for me it was accepting this what is it that I'm saying about myself mm. and now this is a place where somebody might look at it and say well but that's silly yeah. uh, because you know yourself and you I mean there are all kinds of arguments that can be leveled against yeah. that sort of thinking that I had then I mean this was the only wisdom I had at that stage of my yes. life but I just say to myself if I could sit in a lab in Kenya with my credentials and put together collect data put together a story submit it to a journal that was read by peer reviewers from other parts of the world, with, of course, the guidance of, you know, my supervisors. And those people who don't even know me felt that what I put together was good enough. Crap. No, they felt it was good enough for them to be able to oh, accept yeah, that before, this yeah. work that I presented should be published mm. for the, you know, for consumption mm. in the public domain. Mm. Then I think... I already had what what I needed and what it takes to be able to do research. And if I was handicapped in some ways Mm. in terms of my capabilities and my potential and all of that, it is something that I could still improve on Mm. even where I was. Okay. 
it's 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 a bit controversial because then again the sort of facilities and mentorship and all of that is not always available to a lot of people yeah so not everybody has the luxury to make the sort of decisions that i made yeah and to have the sort of mindset that i made because my experience was unique for me in terms of the path i'd walked on and the places mm. i've gotten into not everybody has this opportunity so we can't it's not and that's why i'm very careful to say that that decision was more was based on me and my experience and my circumstances. It was mm. not because, understandably, there are other students who need this sort of opportunities and yeah. don't have the luxury yeah. to say no. Yeah. So well, it's, it's 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 that one is a bit you know it's a bit slippery. But I made that decision because I wanted to believe that. If I could be able to showcase my work in an international platform and compete at that stage, yeah. or an international stage, and I was in my in the setting where I was in, yeah, then the place where I was in was well equipped to be able to take me even to the next level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, get yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's what guided that decision at that stage, and of course how I felt in my heart and what I felt you know, was the right decision to make and this is intuition and you know <laughs> it's very hard to 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 be able to describe decisions that are made from the heart. You know, sometimes you can't make decisions based on feelings, but then there's something known as intuition, your your gut instinct, your you know, and, and people a lot of people don't understand that because they're like, where is the evidence? You know, people mm. want logic. Mm. And and sometimes you can't use logic everywhere. I mean, there's circumstances where you just follow your intuition. And I'm very big on following my gut instinct. Mm-hmm. I, I I rely on it quite a bit. Because um, somehow it's like you have some information that you really don't know what it is, but you know, you know, it's like you have a hunch. It's gonna turn out great, or you have a hunch it's going to go really bad. But if somebody asks you the logic behind that, sometimes it's very hard to to, to explain. And I do want to to sell myself this story of I'm not good enough. So even if I was going to show up there, I would have gone with that mindset of, oh yeah, deep inside. Yeah, I'm not. Mm. Yeah, now you know. And I, I I try as much as I can, not to be the one to tell myself those kinds of stories. Okay. Yeah. So um, so what happens? What so, <laughs> what happens next? Yeah. So, I write this email and I say thank you very much for the fantastic opportunity. Mm. It would have been wonderful to work with you. Mm. Um, but I would like to pursue career opportunities that are more aligned to, you know, the trajectory that I'm on. Yeah. And I would be excited to... And this was this was genuine. I meant it. I'd be excited to work uh, in your center and with you, you know, in future. Like mm. I mean, if I if I would have an opportunity to work with ETH, I still would, and I and I continue to work with uh, because my peers were there, and I continue yeah. to work with them. Yeah. But then, of course, I got that. I got um, that brought me down a little bit, so I didn't look for opportunities for a little while. Like I told you, sometimes when you fall off the horse, sometimes you have to heal your bruises. Yeah. Before you get back on again. So I took a little bit of time out, stopped focusing on that, continued focusing on my work. Or you still and, continue uh, working? I still continue working for that yeah. project. It's mm. a project I loved. It's mm. uh, you know, I was there when the project was being you know birthed. Yeah. <laughs> so from I was start. you know from the start when it was a baby, and now it was like my baby. Mm. I needed to see it through. So I you know there was a little bit of that, and I liked the people I was working with. Mm. You know, it's, it was alright. So I continued, but I stopped for a little while chasing. Mm. Uh, the, the doctorate thing and you know just focus on the work mm. and of course there was that timeline at the back of my head ringing um, one more year Starting. you're moving on to one more year you're mm. moving on to so I think after about six months or so I can't recall mm. I started I started again looking now this was 2015 mm-hmm. I started uh, looking for PhDs again now actively uh, I applied to quite a number of places I had interviews with people and things like that uh, didn't get accepted into mm. in fact it got to a point I used to make fun I used to tell my friends I used to have like a folder where I'd send all the rejection emails 
Huh. You print the yeah. emails then? No, no, like a like a folder on my computer. Oh. And if I got an email, I'd you know get it into PDF and leave it there. <laughs> wow. Why? I've never heard I, of this. Because it 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 um it it was my way of coming to terms with every no. Did you? Did you People have different coping me- mechanisms. Uh, did I used to talk about it? Yeah, I'd tell someone. Oh, by the way, you know, I applied. It became, in fact, uh, I applied to a lot of places. There's, I remember one time I received an email from a certain school. And I was like, oh, yeah, I actually applied to this place. <laughs> 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 I had to look back, and I'm like, what? I had to check my emails. Uh, Why did I? Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I moved on. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. You know, it, that was my coping mechanism. Uh, to actually sit with the with the no, and sit and look at it, and then just get used to seeing it, and 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 you know tell myself it has no bearing on who you are. You know you still you still are who you are. You know what you know. Just Keep going. <laughs> oh, I have tons. Ooh, I played a lot of schools in the UK. Ooh, 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 ooh. Uh, wow. Did you play? Um, I applied. I sent applications. Oh, you applied. Yeah, to many schools See, in the this, UK. This folder of rejections is the one that, you know, just it's just with me right now. I'm just thinking about that folder. And it's yeah, on the desktop, you, you send right? send emails there. No, 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 no. It was like hidden among folders. Alafu, you just you, send that stuff there. Then, then you just open them one day and just look at them. Or I don't know what was going and on. If, no, and if you're like... If you open it and then you see three, four of them, five of them, you're like, but I've survived five. What's one more? Ah, again, <laughs> that thing. What's one more? Again, yeah. I mean, there's already five. I'm still here. Yeah. What's that? What? What? No, the next one is just going to be six. He's <laughs> adding on to the oh list. Just keep going. Keep going. You know. I, and, I need to uh, come with something like I don't know sound effects. When you, you just throw a bomb, I'm like, you know. Drum rolls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I should do that. Man. I should figure out how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so it goes in there. Mm-hmm. Up until when now we had opportunities opening up at our own institution. Mm-hmm. So by, by this time, so by this time, we are just about winding up on this project, project. that I was working on. So mm-hmm. from two years, we I stayed on the project for years no, three and mm. a half mm. right yeah so by the time we were just about coming to to the end or we still had a couple of months to go mm-hmm. and we were winding up and we'd collected the data that we wanted and now um thoughts around writing up the work and you know submitting it to a journal and all of that all these things now were coming together mm-hmm. so then you know uh so in my center, there used to be a PhD program. Yeah, this is still a It used to run still a CIPA. It used to run lost. every year. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for someone who's got lost. So it's called the African Regional Postgraduate Program in Inset Sciences. ARPIS. ARPIS. ARPIS, yes. ARPIS. A-R-P-I-S. No, PIS. It's a postgraduate program in Inset Sciences. Double P-I-S. Oh, ARPIS. So ARPIS had some calls for PhDs. Mm. And there was one that was um, on um, mosquitoes mm-hmm. and looking to develop uh, a surveillance tool. And they were looking for somebody who had some sort of background in the kind of stuff that I've been doing. There's a lot of, there was molecular biology, there was a lot of um, uh, chemical analysis, particularly gas chromatography, mass spectrometry, and all of those skills. Yeah, field work and whatnot, and yes. you know, some sort of background in you know mosquito-borne diseases and stuff like that. I was working in malaria. What happened with this uh, four-year, three and a half-year project? Like outcomes? So no, by the time, by the time, uh, no, no, by the time the RP's call came out, I was still on the project. Okay. So we are we are now working towards winding up. Okay. At the end of the year, and now this call has come out, and I'm like, I still have a couple of months on this project, so I may as well, you know, give it a shot, give a yeah. shot in terms of the application for the for the upcoming PhD. So mm. I put together an application, did a conceptment, whatnot, the usual, 
I talked to my supervisors. They were like, um, well, you've worked on malaria. You've not worked extensively with mosquitoes. Mm. But then I said, I, I am looking to, like, I want to, I will learn what I need to learn. Like, I want to do it. They were like, if that's what you want, we support you. Mm. support your application we write you um, recommendation and stuff like that so I put in an application mm. so I think in August I then received an email that you know I'd successfully gone through the first round mm. for the PhD uh, project that was being advertised mm-hmm. and now I was going to wait because uh, the project was made funded by the German Academic Exchange Service, DAD. Mm. It, it was a DAD. It's a collaborative initiative between DAD and ECP, and they do it every other year. Yeah. So you know, every year there's a cohort of PhD students that, that join yeah. to study insect sciences. So first round is ECP, and then they select, they select, I guess, three, they shortlist three, and then DAD makes the decision. Mm. So I, the first that first round I was selected, I was shortlisted, mm-hmm. and then now waiting for DAD to shortlist. So sometimes in I guess October of that year, now we are looking to really like wind up on this project. Then DAD confirmed that I'd been nominated for that scholarship, and that's how I got a PhD award. Wow, I feel yes. like saying congratulations. I don't know why. <laughs> Because I've come from very far. Yeah. <laughs> like, it happened, but I'm here, like, thinking, wow, congratulations. I know, like, finally, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so I I was awarded the scholarship. And then, uh, coincidentally, now our project was winding up. So, yeah, 2017, I transitioned now from that project. By then, now, we'd collated the data, we were writing up. So 2017, I transitioned, started my PhD now while we were working on the manuscript from the previous study. Mm-hmm. And the the outcomes of that study were interesting. We identified compounds that are different uh, in people who are infected with malaria and people who are not, and uh, that they have uh, the influence mosquito behavior. Mm-hmm. And we actually published that work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we published that study in the Proceedings for the National Academy of Sciences of the United States. So, uh, sorry, um, this is very forward. Uh, mm-hmm. What has happened since with that project? Like, is there anyone who's working towards a diagnostic tool? Um, they did. I mean, of course, once we wrapped up on the part of the project that was happening here in Kenya, of course, they continued to, to work on it on the other end. Mm. But to be honest, I think when I transitioned into my PhD, I kind of just you know um moved on not moved on really i am um, at some stage I, I i didn't keep track with because you know oh. uh, these sort of projects are done with different phases of funding yeah um, so i don't know what happened with the next phase of funding and what happened to developing the, the diagnostic tool okay okay that was yeah, and the proof of concept is actually now what we published. Um, published that stuff in the uh, PNS. PNS, uh, allow me to say and to toot mm-hmm. the horn a little bit. Uh-huh. Because one of the things we need to do as researchers, and especially women researchers, we need to be able to toot our own horns. Uh-huh. I hear it a lot that women don't toot their horns. We are told yeah. to be good girls and not showcase uh, some of the... Some of the wins and yeah. achievements that we have, but I, I, I believe that was a remarkable achievement because PNAS is like top notch journal. Stop making excuses. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a top notch journal, uh-huh. very high impact factor. Yeah. So it felt really nice that the culmination of those three and a half years, mm. you know, ended up with a PNAS paper. It was very rewarding. Mm. I was very fulfilled. Were you the first that author? Outcome. No, I was the second author. Okay. Yeah. So it it felt really great to have been recognized in that way. Uh, that's amazing, you know, because you, you were not the postdoc, right? No, I wasn't. I yeah. wasn't. I, yeah, it was, for me, I felt it was, 
it was an incredible achievement. I was mm. very proud. I was very excited to have worked with that team. Uh, it was a very good outcome. Was it like a PhD? Three and Sorry? a half years. Three and a half years could have been, yeah, could have been like a PhD, but it wasn't. I was, I was just a research assistant. Did you think about, um, anyway? I I did think Mm. perhaps I should have pursued it, but then there was no opportunity to be a student on the project. I mean, also Uh, because of funding restrictions and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was perfectly okay with that because my then, I mean, the peers of the project had uh, the same peers who would uh, support, who are supporting my application to go to their institution to do uh, a PhD. So they, they, uh, they were supportive. Okay. Yeah. So it was, I mean, it was, it was great. It was good. Uh, and the ending was even more colorful, you know, 